You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my latest book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like it personalized, send a message to eoldford at flankerpress.com and I'll personalize it and send it out within the week. Makes a great Christmas present. It's almost that time of year again. Remember, flankerpress.com and eoldford at flankerpress.com if you'd like it personalized. Have a great Christmas. Happy hockey season. Hello, hello, hello. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome. Episode 83 of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. Bit of an echo here. I'm uh, house-sitting for my ex-wife and daughter. Um, until they get back from Alberta. And I realize right now I'm, I'm sitting in the kitchen and uh, if there's somewhat of an echo, I apologize. But this is my setup today. That's it. Yes. So back from Sudbury was, uh, was interesting. Now, time to get set for the new year. Back into fucking lockdown. I tell you, man. It's not. uh, Not getting any easier. And uh, I got to be honest. Well, I mean, of course, I got to be honest. We want to be sitting here lying to you. Um, I, I didn't see this coming. I don't want to spend too much time talking about Omicron or whatever it is, COVID variant. (laughs) Omicron almost sounds like a transformer. Could they have made it any more fear-based? Like I said from the beginning, like I get it. I I understand. I I do. I mean, people have opinions. At this point, I respect, you know, I just try not to get tangled up in the politics of it all. But, uh, you know, I... I support vaccines, take dozens of them over the course of my life. So I don't see this as any different. So, uh, but what I, what I don't understand is that we can't all go back into lockdown. At least I, I don't think, I mean, mental health issues on top of people losing money and their livelihood. And I mean, it, and I'm not trying to be insensitive. I, I do understand why, especially at first when this virus has taken over the world, no one really knows what's going on. It's way better to be precautionary than not. My mother, like I said, if she gets it, 
mom uh, has diabetes. You know, she's 16. Well, she just turned set. Oh, she turned 70 February 4th, you know, and uh, her got a bad back. So she's not as active as she'd like. Uh, she had to ultimately retire from her job about 15 or 16 years ago due to that, but, uh, or because of that. But <clears throat> point is, you know, my mom is certainly, you know, I'm, I'm thinking one of the vulnerable people when you, when you take age and health and, and something else, I, I really can't believe that more people are, aren't putting an emphasis on healthy living. This is an opportunity. If not now, never, but most people that are, at least from what I see from the statistics and from the people I know that have had it, um, you know, people that have a worse time are either aged as in like, you know, real 70, 80, 90, you know, that range, uh, or have health problems or, or, or just don't take care of themselves or obese, eat, eat junk food every day. And that takes a toll. And, you know, no one's really talking about that. And I'm, I mean, some people are, I like to watch Bill Maher um, say what you want about Bill Maher. Uh, he has those, you know what I'm talking about. He has a show on HBO called real time, but it, you know, it often has both sides. If, if you were to just watch CNN or just watch Fox news, you're only going to get one side of the coin, right? I find Bill Maher has guests on from both uh, parties and, and smart people from all different walks of life. So, uh, Anyway, anyway, without getting too, I'm going down a rabbit hole there if there ever was one. What I'm saying is, yeah, once we all have the option to get the vaccine, right? I, I'm, again, I don't want to sound ignorant here, but I'm led to believe that, of course, you can still get it with the vaccine. Vaccines, whatever you want to call it. But you're less likely to have a hard time, correct? I, I think people agree on that okay so you got the vaccine you're protected at least somewhat pretty confident in saying that and again if you're not from this political side of the fence fuck it i totally respect you whatever everybody's different at this point i mean i i really i'm not an anti-vaxxer but i don't know if i'd want a government mandate either but again it's happened before my thing, my thing is this. What if the me, <clears throat> if let's say a small town in Newfoundland, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of how, how you would in this hypothetical world, how to phrase this question. Let's just say a small town and people, you know, were watching Jenny McCarthy 10 years ago on Larry King and believing that vaccines in general weren't good and they caused autism, which, which isn't the case, but, it, it was a thing for a bit. There was, I remember Jenny McCarthy leading the charge, which she's since, I believe, gone back on, but whatever. You know, um, before all this COVID, there, there, there was a, 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 a portion of people that didn't believe in vaccines in general. So I, I think there was a place in Washington State. I wrote, I, I read an article in Rolling Stone magazine Anyway, uh, and it just talked about, you know, the measles broke out in this one town, you know, because people weren't getting the vaccine. But 
that's up to them, right? Like, so my point is once, once we all have the option to get the vaccine, what, why does, why do we all have to wear a mask after that? Why do we need to put 50% on sporting events or restaurants or whatever you're going to, if we all have the vaccine, right. Then, then that's no, like if the measles breaks out right now, then by it's not my fault. Like you're the one didn't get the vaccine for it. And maybe you're right. Maybe it causes autism and I'm an idiot. I don't think so, but I'm not knocking the people that, although, I mean, you know, measles, we got, you know, uh, anyway, I, I don't want to go too far down that hole, but you know what I'm saying? Once we all have the option, well, if, if, if I'm right and the vaccine works, so be it. Um, if I'm wrong, hey, so be it. But everybody's had the option. The same thing on the other side. I don't know. Brant Myers, you know, a buddy of mine, clearly an anti-vaxxer. I don't think I'm, you know, if you follow his Facebook or whatever it would be, right? But he had the option. So if Mizey gets COVID and has a hard time, but it's not my fault, you had the option to get the vaccine. Again, I could be wrong. Maybe Mizey's right. And if I get sick, well, but I still had the option. You know what I mean? Like once we've all, once there's enough vaccines for the world to take, right? And they do apparently protect you somewhat against it. Once we've all gone through that option, then why are we wearing masks anymore? Why am I protecting people that don't want to get the vaccine anyway? And more power to them. Hey, fuck it at this point, right? People say, well, it spreads faster. Yeah, but it spreads, but we've all had the, you know, people should be, if, if they want to, to protect against it, they can get the shot. If they don't and they got their own reasons, fine. But I shouldn't have to wear a mask. Anyway, that's fucking it. I don't want to dwell. We've been five or ten minutes. That's just, and if you're out there and you're, you're, you, you've got mental health issues because of this, man, join the club. And I'm sitting here going, look, if, if I'm pretty open-minded about all this and, I can, and, and I'm starting to get annoyed and, and I'm, I'm starting to really feel the walls caving in, man. And uh, I didn't expect this shutdown again. And again, I understand that I don't want to be unsympathetic towards the situation, but I don't think people are going to take too much more of this. I, I think, uh, you know, there's going to be backlash, whether it's riots or, and I mean, it's starting to happen now. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Certainly not here in Newfoundland, but we, we just, I, and I guess the other thing in Newfoundland, we went through the couple of years, like we really had not much outbreak, if you want to call it that at all. There was times where we didn't have any cases for months on end. So life, even though we were obeying the rules, 50% capacity and all that, it was still rather normal. So maybe I'm just tripping over my bottom lip because uh, reality is setting in again. Um, and if I haven't mentioned it, we're on lockdown again over here now. So anyway. Anyway, that's fucking that. You know, it was. Um... And, uh, you know, I, I, I called a few people to do it this week and people were being nice. Uh, but I said, fuck it, man. I'm just going to do a Christmas show on my own. I'll have a guest next week. I was thinking about having Kenny Reed back and we'll go over like our plays of the year. Um, athletes of the year, um, whatever it might be. And Morasti's coming on soon. I got Jordan Nolan coming, Tasia Tellis from the TV show, The Hundred. Those of you who watch that, either you, you're all in on Tasia or you don't know who she is, but, you know, fans of The Hundred. 
seemed to adore her, according to my Instagram messages I was getting while we were in uh, Sudbury. Anyway, let's move on from that COVID nonsense. Let's just say, look, we're all going through a hard time. Christmas, if nothing else, hey, it's a time to spend with your loved ones. And if you're out there and you're lonely and you don't have any, tune into a good podcast or some shit, man. There's all kinds of people out there in your position. I, I know what it's like. and It's really fucking horrible for me to say this, but I have been lonely on many an occasion. It doesn't matter who you're with or you can often feel lonely for whatever reason. And uh, especially when I was going, I can tell you when I was going through a divorce a couple of years ago and uh, funny, I, as I sit here in her house and we're on great terms, but a couple of years ago when we were going through the divorce, you know, I went to Toronto and, and had to find some work and it was, I was really, really lonely. I was watching my daughter's recitals. I remember on my phone in a shitty little place with no furniture in Parkdale. I do know what it's like to be lonely. And all I had, man, was there was pubs nearby and everything. And, you know, the kind of person I am, I go down, order a beer, boom, have a drink, start talking with people from all over Canada or the U.S. or wherever. And I, I, every single time it would work out like that. Right. So, you know, bopping around Queen Street West in Toronto, you, you know, I, I've lived all over. So I'm going to find and I talk, man, I talk. I was probably looking back. I was probably annoying some fucking bartenders. <laughs> but, but anyway, it wasn't. You know, but but if you just if, if it was lockdown, I fuck, man, I don't know, man. I don't know if I wouldn't have jumped off the fucking roof. I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of not when you're really, really down. And this was to happen. So listen, man, if you're listening to this and this or woman, if, if this is the thing and you're listening to this and you just know that there's all kinds of people out there that are in your position. Trust me. And if, if you could only see my messages that I get, you know, from a lot of people, hey, TR, listen to your podcast gets me through. Um, if nothing else, they can identify with something here or there or they're from Newfoundland. They moved away. Um, whatever it would be. I do get a lot of people, man, that deal with that. And, and in the end, what I think is. I think mental health issues are just more common than you think. I think it's part of our human evolution and we go through it. And, you know, uh, our culture to this point has been, you know, almost not negative, but you wouldn't really speak up much. I, 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 at no point in my life do I think, I mean, I've got good friends. Where if, if I said, hey, man, you know, I'm feeling down. I, I don't think anybody would have laughed at me. It was just harder for me to say it. There was an embarrassing element or something. You know what I'm saying? And now it seems that fog is lifted. If anything else, it's almost a sign of courage and strength. So we've come a long way. But just, uh, you know, if you're on that side of the spectrum that's lonely or alone at Christmas and now you're on fucking lockdown somewhere, just know that it's going to end soon. And when it does, it'll be such a great feeling and all this is going to be a memory. And it's a first world problem. We've got... I'd still take being born today over, I mean, most of human history, the, the biggest, you know, your worry at night was, you know, hopefully when I wake up, I, I don't get eaten by a lion. Hopefully my kid over there doesn't get fucking eaten by a lion pretty much, you know, every night. Where am I going to get food? Coming up on an orange tree and thinking you struck gold. Oh, fuck a few oranges not even knowing the luxury to cook some, cook a meal. I'm talking most of human fucking history as we know it. How do I know that? I don't know. I'm going on science. I'm going on the same reason I got the vax. Maybe 
Maybe it's all fucking wrong. Maybe Adam and Eve did exist and the dinosaurs didn't happen. I mean, who fucking knows? Who knows at this point? Nothing would surprise me. Okay, getting on to it. What's, what's my favorite sports story of the year? I'm not really sure, but I'm going to talk about a few of them. First of all, I find it hard to ignore Tom Brady. Just before we start, I didn't even have him in my list. And I'm, I'm not going to make this definitive because, again, I'm probably going to have Ken on next week. And we'll have a nice discussion about all these things. But that's it. Tom Brady winning at 44 fucking years old, man, the Super Bowl and playing. Like, and, and not only that, that was the Super Bowl. But right now he would be in the top five. He'd be in the discussion for MVP of the league. Of course, it's nine out of 10. It's a quarterback anyway. So you're only talking about a few options. But still, right now, as we record this, I would say uh, Aaron Rodgers maybe. But Brady would be in the discussion. He had that last game, that, that stinker of a game. But other than that, and I just find that amazing and needs to be. I don't think it's like athlete of the year or story of the year or anything, but it just has to be said. And uh, as does, we're going to talk about older aging athletes. Tiger, man, he's on some rinky-dink fucking tour the other day, some pro-am thing. I, I, I don't, again, I don't watch every golf tournament. I, know, I don't know everything about golf. I know who, you know, the best in the world are, and I always pay attention to see the, you know, the majors, which is four majors in a year. But, uh, you know, for Tiger to go through that accident, what wasn't that like in January, he had these reconstructive surgery and all this shit. Then he comes back on TV and says, well, you know, and I bought it for a second. Well, you know, I've never didn't know if I was going to walk again. And who knows if I'll ever actually be able to play. And then he goes to this tournament with his son and he's fucking lights out. Well, that's maybe an exaggeration, but he's Tiger Woods. It makes it very possible. Like I, everybody wants to see this guy win one more tournament. I think he's tied with Sam Snead, if I'm not mistaken. He's either tied or he's one back of Sam Snead with like 80 overall championships. Um, actually, I think it's 82, but anyway. And uh, I believe he's one or two behind Jack Nicholas for the most majors ever. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. Major might be a little much, but for him to win a tourney again, I don't know, man. I Just a golf tournament. <clears throat> I, I know I, I might see this is where I, why I don't bet because I bet that he would, but I'd bet with my heart because I want to see it. I mean, he played one rinky dink tourney, like I said, and he just, you know, nearly was unable to walk again. So maybe he's not even close. But my, if I was, if you said, here's a thousand bucks, TR, put it on whether he wins a tournament again. I think I'd put it on, yes. I don't know about a major. I want that to happen, but major, you got tournament. Yes. Cause people take some time off. It's not quite as prolific. It's not as for whatever reason, some tournaments feel like exhibition. Well, I guess they kind of are. When it comes to hockey, Tampa Bay, I mean, there's a hockey show. I barely talk about hockey lately. Sorry about that. Um, Tampa Bay are right out there again as one of the best teams, right? So now they're back-to-back -back champs in a COVID world. Players coming in and out of the lineup, although they kind of helped them with Kucherov last year, and it might happen again. That's just the way the cookie crumbles, though. You know, other teams are all playing by the same rules. It's not like he's not hurt. He actually is hurt. 
for those that don't know, I guess, you know, Kucherov missed most of last year. He's going to miss most of this year, but he's going to be, he's scheduled to come back again around the playoffs and he just rips it up. I, he, he arguably could have been their MVP in the playoffs last year and barely played in the regular season. So, but though that's part of the rules, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. And uh, sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some and who knows? I mean, we're talking about Kucherov. Maybe he's not as, you know, he is out with an injury, uh, but I'm getting off. I'm, I'm getting off topic here. It's Tampa Bay. What I'm saying is that if they were to win, even if they were to make the final this year, but sure, if they win and it's very possible, wouldn't you have to put them up there with all the best teams ever? Like if you win three in a row, fuck man, they could have won those other, I guess could have, should have, would have, but either 18 or 17 they were right there man they just took a dump in the playoffs but they were i think they won the president's trophy anyway let's just say they win it this year i think three in a row in this era are just as impressive as four in another right i mean what what are you talking about here as far as i know off the top of my head you're talking about the pittsburgh penguins in the late 90s or the late 80s early 90s and they would be on the outside looking in the real teams you're talking about are the 80s oilers the 70s Habs, and I think you could throw in the late 70s, early 80s New York Islanders. We're talking about dynasties. We're talk- Anything before that, I don't even look. Like, I get it. I'm not saying that the players aren't good because it's all relative. Like if you're Maurice Richard and you're skating around and you know, you're constantly the best player you are, but there's six teams. Your odds of winning it are way more. Like sometimes, and you know, you know a team or two was going to suck. So if you, if you fall into the, you know, if you happen to be in like the 1920s and 30s and 40s and you just landed on the Habs or the Leafs, the odds are you're going to win multiple cups. It'd probably be a disappointment if you played an average NHL career, which is was five years. I don't know what it is now. If you played an average, in my case, um, a sneeze. Um, if you played an average NHL career and you didn't win multiple cups, it was almost a failure. <laughs> if you think about it, there's only six fucking teams. What if you play 15 years in the NHL and you win one? Be like, man, what the fuck? Now it's got totally the opposite. So I, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm not about to look it up. Someone could have won like seven in a row in like 1930 or some shit, the Montreal Maroons or something in 1912 with Cyclone Taylor and a Rover and goalies that couldn't go down. Whatever. Rules are always changing, but you know, that's way, way back. And I think the game didn't even really resemble itself. You couldn't go forward with the puck. Okay, so when I'm talking best teams ever, I'm not even going to include, for the sakes of this argument, in a six-team era. And I'm, I'm, I'm slapping John Belvaux, John Belvo and Maurice Richard. Cormier, was he in that era? I know he came in, though, big time in the 70s when it was 21 teams, wasn't it? Or eventually, by the 80s, it got to 21 teams. But, you know, I'll count anything after the expansion, whatever, 69 or 71. Right? And um, so if you're going to talk any other team, it would probably be the Flyers, Broad Street Bullies. Didn't they win two in a row? Right? Chicago recently won three of, like, five. Pittsburgh won three of six, maybe. Something like that. Right? So you're talking about these teams. But ultimately, you're really talking about Probably the Oilers and the Habs, and I guess the Islanders. 
But even there, the Canadians, didn't they just get a lot of French players? And I know they did. I just don't know the cutoff here for that. But so there's an advantage, right? Um, But what what I'm saying is in a 32-team league, (coughs) and you're the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, they haven't done it, but just to win two is great. But if, if you win three in a row, not three and five in six years, and hats off to Sid the Kid and all those people because they, they're in this argument, right? Any team that wins three, I think, in a decade, in a 10-team or in a 32-team fucking league, got to be in the conversation. Really? Because it was just even Gretzky. There's 21 teams. Now, actually, not 32. There's 33 teams. So, yeah, man. I mean, the odds are now you play a full career and you're not going to even get to a final. You know, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. And they've got a no brainer offer for you guys that'll make you a winner. And it's really simple. Anyone can do it. New customers. This is all you have to do. Bet one dollar, just one on any NHL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores. That's it. And the NHL got rid of ties in 05. So. Someone has to light the lamp eventually. It sounds like a guaranteed chance at winning. If Sportsbook is not available in your state or province just yet, no worries as well. Anybody, anywhere can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Anyway, I just think it's amazing that Tampa Bay won again. I do. And I think that there would have to be talks about one of the greatest teams ever. And it sounds crazy now. Usually it does, though, until you look back nostalgically. When we In, in 2029... When I'm having this conversation, we'll look back and definitely people will say, now it depends how far they make it this year, but definitely if they win, and even if they do fairly well, they're going to look back and say, holy fuck, man, can you imagine they had all those players on one team? Uh, Anyway, that was amazing. Phil Mickelson winning a major at 50. I think he was the oldest player to win a major. That's fucking amazing in itself. 50 years old, 50. Um. I'm, I'm, you know, as an aging athlete, of course, not pro, but I still, you know, like I say, play ball hockey and senior hockey and everything. And I, I mean, just the mindset I know has changed because there's ways that you can, without getting into it, all the ways that you treat your body that people didn't really, you know, from Babe Ruth is one end of the extreme, right? One, one, one end of that spectrum. Right, Babe Ruth's on hot dogs, booze, fucking smoking darts, fucking before he gets up to bat. And then there's today's athlete, which almost you could make an argument over trains from time to time. Guys like Giancarlo Stanton, I'll say, plays for the Yankees, like you know, and that big dude Aaron Judge, 
boys uh, hit the ball two stadiums long, but fucking they're never they swing the wrong way and they they tweak something and they're hurt and built like Greek gods, but seem to be always hurt. Well, anyway, there's getting off topic again, but going down that road, there's there's more ways now to, to make your body look, feel, and play young. Right. I'm not talking about HGH, just all kinds of things. I mean, really, when I was younger, it would be V8. <laughs> you think I'm fucking around. I'm not like I would come back and just train and drink tons of V8 because <laughs> it was like fairly healthy. Make sure I was hydrated, but all kinds of cardio. But, you know, there wasn't as much like, you know, I, I would be doing the same um, workouts as like Saku Koivu. It wasn't very specific. We had to work out and uh, people look back and they almost forget like no I, I always had to work out it was very very important it was just that there might have been one or two separate workouts for like different guys on the team like you know if i'm doing the same things valerie beret is doing and he's a completely different body then now it would be obvious that doesn't make sense at the time it was just like hey man like do this here's you know a lot of track stuff right running up a, a lot of plyometrics people think that wasn't around it was though running stairs and hurdles you know always had big leg stuff but you know I needed to work on my quickness, right? And Valbury needed to get strength in his legs, but we were yet we were doing the same exercises. Again, it's not that they weren't beneficial, but I know I could have maximized my potential as a player if I trained a little bit more specific, right? Well, it's like that now. You know, you're an aging athlete. You know, I go to the gym. I'm not pumping a lot of weight. You know, I'm doing reps. I'm, I'm eating a lot better. I'm uh, taking way more um, supplements. Um, you know, the day of that you, you've got a big event. It's, it's not just about, you know, having your steak and your pasta, you know, just eat from, from me. Again, everybody's different, but eat, eat wisely and timely. But, you know, I'm always supplementing my meal with, you know, well, supplements and, you know, bars and boosts and lips and hydrated, always hydrated, always hydrated. Get to the rink, you know, give myself, you know, those rollers, you know, go, go over that. Use one of those. Give yourself a little bit of a massage. Different stretches that really were unheard of before. Um, there's just the little things. Again, I'm only playing senior hockey, but I am going to the world championships and masters ball hockey in, in September. And all I'm telling you is that, I'm not saying I'm this super athlete, but I do know how to get the most out of my body other than drinking. Cause I, when I booze, it's like, I lose two days. I get two days hangovers now. And I know that that's not good for anything. And, uh, I generally get hammered once a week. So, you know, maybe, maybe that'll, maybe I'll cut that in two soon. I don't know what it is, but I do. I've taken all these steps, but fuck, man, I wake up after a night of booze and like two nights ago and I'm just coming around now. It's so much fun, though. There's nothing better either than fucking having a you're, you're starting on your second pint. You're starting to feel good, man. You've had a puff or two of a, your favorite fucking weed. Sit down at Green Sleeves and Derek Graham or Nick Earl or one of the boys goes up, Damien Follett, and they're playing some live music. I just love that. I can't ever see that leaving my life, even if it's once a month. And I don't need to see the fucking Paul McCartney live. I, that's great. I love concerts. But for me, yeah. I mean, every time boozing, I, there's all kinds of offshoots of that. You know, maybe you'll 
meet a girl. Hey, maybe you'll, you know, run into someone that has a job opportunity or, you know, maybe you'll run into a place with wicked appetizers, man, and you'll want to go back. But for me, the nucleus of when I have a drink in my hand and I'm putting it back, then I'm immediately looking for the play fucking button. Like immediately want to hear some tunes. Um, anyway, what am I fucking talking about? <sighs> yeah, point, point of all that is that there's ways so I, I, there, to, to keep your body feeling young. So I, I do see how there's more and more athletes that can play a little bit longer, like Zdeno Chara. You know, it's, it's not commonplace by any means. Yarmir Jagger, I mean, look how much that guy works out. He used every off-ice uh, trick uh, training method skill to his advantage. Mm -hmm. Oh, Damian Warner. Okay. So he wins decathlon gold. I never heard of the guy until the Olympics. And apparently it's like, he's just got Canada's athlete of the year. I had to go re back, go, go and relook at what he did. And apparently he got like over 9,000 points. I don't know what that means. It's pure Latin to me. But in terms of performances at the Olympics, it was apparently one of the best ever. It was an all-time performance. So Damian Warner would have to be up there. I wish I knew more about the decathlon, and I probably won't because, to be honest, I'm not very interested in it. It happens every four years, and it's kind of interesting. But more than that would be, yeah, I'm just not into decathlon. Nothing against you decathletes. Um, I just got – I only – Got room for so many sports, so many podcasts, so many albums, like, you know, to take on. I just got heavy into football the last couple of years. I'm not about to take on decathlon or track, but I do like it when it's on. And good luck to all those the young athletes out there that uh, I guess that track and field is your to you what hockey is to me. Um, I'm sure it's. All that and more when you get involved. Canada soccer. So the probably the, the thing that in, intrigued me the most was Canada soccer. Now, men and women. We, and again, my, my daughter, Penny Lane, she doesn't play hockey. She kind of wants to now. I'm like, yes, you're 11 now. I didn't want to force you, but hey, you got to learn to skate. Everything. It's, it's too hard. I, I'm going to help her now skate, but you don't just start playing hockey at 11 and be on the all-stars and everything. Of course, it's not what the goal always is, but my, my athletic mind. Yeah. In my athletic mind, I wouldn't want to start a sport unless I was going to be an all-star in it. I, I hate to say that. I hate to say it. That's the way I thought of stuff though. And that's the way I eliminated it in, in my head, played all the sports, even volleyball. I would will it over the net. I can't say I sucked. I went to fucking Quinnell when I was 14, all that shit. I was also playing on the high school teams. Basketball, it was smart enough, make a good pass. Shooter, not great enough that it would go in, you know, just an average athlete. But I could make the team, basically. I was a sub, though, when it came to basketball. But I was good enough to be there. Same with volleyball. You know, like, it's going out of bounds, and I can, like, leap across and, like, bang it back in. But, like, form and all that, horrible, horrible. When I get up to like go for a spike, it was fucking so embarrassing. Everybody used to laugh at me. Oh God. Um, oh God. What was his name? Noah Curl and Dan Erickson both started both in Cornell and they played for UBC. And looking back, man, I, 
can't believe I can say I was on their team because I was such an embarrassment as a volleyball player, but good enough. You know, everybody kind of tries out. Cornell is not small enough that everybody tries out, makes it, but it's like, you're not going to try out unless you're good. You know what I mean? Like by the time you're in high school. So like I was, and I mean, I was the worst on the team, but I could set it up for the good players. And like, like I said, I could dig some balls that were going just out of will. But I wasn't good per se. Um, and what in the fuck? Why did I go down that road? God, I was just uh, pleasantly romanticizing my past. I haven't thought about volleyball in so fucking long and basketball. Anyway, uh, Canadian soccer. So yeah, Penny Lane, she's, uh, she's into soccer. She plays a bit of basketball, but like, I mean, heavily into soccer. She's on the provincial team and congrats to her. She worked real hard for it. And um, so, and they practice all winter. So their next weekend, I think is January 7th weekend, if we even get there with this COVID. So, but anyway, so we follow along soccer. Um, my parents are like heavy Leicester fans, right? In the English Premier League. So I don't watch it. I, again, I got too much to do. So I don't pay close attention, but I know enough. Like I know enough to, you know, as they're watching Leicester, I realize that Alfonso Davies is playing for Bayern Munich because the highlights come up and he's Canadian. And I, I heard about this guy since he's 15. Well, holy fuck. If you watch the qualifying game, I think it was against Mexico. So Canada, usually, for those that don't know, in my lifetime, I don't recall them being in the World Cup. It might have happened in like the 80s or so. I, I, I don't know. And again, I guess I could do my research, but for the sake of this conversation, it doesn't really matter. For my waking moments as an adult, they've sucked. They've not even close. Like you didn't put them in the conversation of the World Cup. Qualifying even, they just get smoked. Now, I don't know what it is, but it's just like tennis. Our young tennis players are... All of a sudden on the world, world level, like many, many, many players. Well, on soccer, our soccer teams seem to be doing the same. So Alfonso Davies, I would say, and it's always the, I think the game was in Toronto, wasn't it? It was outdoors. If not, it was in Edmonton. But in any case, man, fuck, did he score a nice goal? It's always, right, the best player on a world stage, always. Crosby scores the Olympic winner, like Gretzky, Lemieux, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. Like, just think of when they needed to make a shot. And there's like that moment and uh, anyway Alfonso Davies sees the moment scored one of the nicest goals of the year and that combined with the women winning the winning the gold against Sweden I think it was in a shootout I mean just incredible and we watched my daughter and I watched both so maybe I'm biased to it but um, you know again because we watch a lot of soccer and I like her to have heroes that are not Kim Kardashian type fucking thing so um we, you know, we, both games, I was in, in goosebumps. Uh, my eyes like literally welled up. <laughs> that happens too much. I'm a real softy sometimes. But what I'm saying is like, I, I don't know, man. It was captivating. And it's Canada soccer. And the men and the women are a force. And they really are. And, you know, you make the World Cup, anything can happen. And uh, I think the, the men's team is... Eight or nine games played with five or six left, and they're right up there. And, uh, you know, knock on wood, but I'm captivated, and I love that I'm 
have a, a reason again to watch soccer. Mm. And speaking of tennis, that Layla Fernandez, her uh, young Canadian girl, made the final of the U.S. Open, I believe, and uh, the game was being played on September 11th. She had an absolutely moving speech. She's only 17 or 18 years old. I thought that was one of the moments of the year. And again, tennis. Um, although I don't know where she was this year, Bianca Andrescu, is that how you say it? Bianca Andrescu, but I mean, her story from her Cinderella story from a couple years ago, again, she didn't have a great year this year, but, you know, putting, just putting us in, in, in uh, many more Milos, is it Milos? Uh, what's his name? Ron, Ronich. Yes, sorry, Milos Raonic, I, Ronich, I, I forget how you say it. But anyway, I mean, to say nothing of Eugenie Bouchard, who's kind of on the way down, I, I guess you'd say it's a bad way to frame it. But, you know, on a world level, she was big. That Felix Cat, Felix Elysium, Elysimi maybe, Dennis Shap Shapovalov, Shapovalov. Now, he's been good for a couple of years. He's actually what got me back into it, um, to watching. But Vasek. Pospisil, God, I'm looking at the list now. And, it, you know, I, I don't necessarily watch tennis. Years go by that I don't watch. But we got these Canadian stars, man. I'm loving it. Um, gives me a reason to watch. Uh, Penny Oleksiak, swimmer, got Canada's first gold, I think, in the Olympics this year. Um, Maggie McNeil, swimming. Andre DeGrasse, is it? Won again at the Olympics. Um all big stories. I hope I'm not forgetting anything. I wrote some of this down and some of it off the top of my head. But anyway, th th those are, to me, those are the biggest stories of the year. And it's going back the other way, but I saw someone the other day talking about fans in the building and the difference that it makes. That would probably be something for me. If you're talking about moments, then yeah, like, uh, you know, back in the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs, watching teams come out and you're still watching the Leafs and the Habs play in front of nobody. Then you turn on, I think the Nashville game and it's fucking on wheels, smoke shows going. Anyway, like I said, I don't want to get political with it. It was great to see. So the fucking pandemic's taking its toll there. I brought it up again, but, um, you know, looking at it, I got to be honest. I, a, I was envious back. I'm talking about back in the spring when, you know, we're in Canada and you're looking at the States and, and, you know, you were just waiting for it to open up. It opened up here. I'm not necessarily saying that they handled it any better than we did. It was very close, right? North America, we're pretty much all in the same boat. I mean, the States definitely now has, has turned the page a little bit more than Canada. But during the bulk of all this, I mean, it, it was similar shit. It was similar, right? Most people had to wear masks at some point. Most, at most restaurants at some, each and every place were closed for at least a little bit. You know, so, yeah, it was... It was what it was. I just thought seeing fans back in being passionate and going fucking bonkers in a building. And I don't care what you say. It has a huge outcome on the game. It did for me. I'm telling you, it was like having, it was like having fucking three Red Bulls coming out with a pack. I mean, I, I felt like I could fly like, you know, coming out. I, people ask me, you know, and people ask, <laughs> they think it's funny when I say in Montreal that I warmed up, I had the option to warm up. Okay, when I'm not when I'm 19 years old, it's not like I was hurt. I was a healthy scratch. A lot of people, I guess, when they're healthy scratches, I don't know how it works anymore. If they even have the option, but I was there when I was 19, 
they told me that, you know, they'd rather that and me practice with the team than send back to junior. So, you know, technically I was on the Canadians. So I think that year I only played three or four games. And, you know, after that, I don't talk about it enough. I had a major fucking concussion after that. And, you know, at least that year I would have gotten more games in because they had major injuries. <clears throat> Fuck, man. Unfortunate. But again, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have led to this life. I'm, I'm happy where I am in life. I got a great daughter and all that stuff. So when, when you start going down that regret fucking, you know, time machine, you know, like I say, be careful what you wish for. Just looking back, it's funny. I'm going, how the fuck did I not get more games in? But anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, I was there all year. Up, up until I got sent back to Red Deer, I played the last 16 games of the year in 96, 97. I got there in February, right? So I only, people say, oh, I played in Red Deer. It was, it was a cup of coffee, man. I was there for February, March. Now we went a ways. And um, I'll never forget it. As long as I'm talking about it, I set the record for three rounds of playoffs. I had 18 goals in 16 playoff games. And um, it's still in the top 10, and we didn't even make the final. Um, I guess that was a bit of patting myself on the back, wasn't it? But, I mean, just it's wild because I, I don't ever really talk about that, but it did happen. And so like in the middle of all that chaos, and you know, I think that's a little bit of why I was pissed off I didn't get up more the next year. But anyway, whatever. It was a good, and I played with BJ. We were BJ Young again. God rest his soul. But uh, we were peas in a pod, man. I shouldn't, I should, you know, we also had Greg Schmidt, who's a wicked fucking player too, I'm just saying. Uh, and Aaron Asham on the power play and more, but playing with BJ was a gift. Just, I just knew where he was all the time. But anyway, anyway, yes. Fuck, man, do I just go off topic and digress. But I was there all year that year up until February. I played three games. There was a little bit of time I took off just to rest my head because I had the concussion the year before and it's, it's, I was still getting the symptoms here and there. But outside of that, and even then, I went down again almost every game and I warmed up. And I, I, I looking back, I don't know what the players thought of it, but I remember asking, I was like, I mean, I'm sure they didn't care. I, I just remember saying to Alan Vigneault and even Rajon Houle, not that I would talk to the GM all the time, but, you know, when you're going back and forth, they want to, I mean, they would have sent me to Fredericton, but you're 19, so you can't, you have to either go back to junior or be in the NHL. So I got fortunate that way. But sometimes now I did, like, go down for a day and, like, practice. I remember more than once going down, Paul M. Bordelow coached um, when I was 19 and I did go down to Fredericton here and there, but it was only to practice. I played three games in the playoffs. Um, but I, I just remember going warming up all the time. Like, and we, you know, cause I would be expected to go there and work out Stefan Dubé. Like I said, we did have a trainer. The trainer helped me out uh, every day. We would get there. Whoever usually the healthy scratches at that time, myself, Brad Brown, Matt Higgins, Aaron Asham. Um, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we would just go there early and go over to the weight room, do our thing, maybe hit the sauna. Boys would come in and out, kind of stay out of their way, right? By the time they were getting to the rink, we were pretty much leaving, right? They were getting there 5, 5.30, maybe even a little bit earlier. We were do done our workout at 4, 4.30. Maybe a cold tub, man, whatever we're going to do, some stretching. Um, 
I used to think that was bullshit. There you go. Now I'm like all about stretching. But at the time, I was like, what the fuck are we wasting our time for? But anyway, to be young and stupid and have the body, right? Um, but yeah, but I mean, I, 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 I would, I, dozens of times, I remember, look at Gaetan Lefebvre. He was the trainer going, hey, man, can I go out there for warm up? And he's going, what? I'm going, do you mind if I go out for warm up? I remember going into Vigno. He's like, well, you're not playing. I'm like, you know, but I, I honestly, I loved playing, man. I was like, and when you go out even for warm up and you skate out there first and like, look kind of jet. And he's like, fuck, man, you're, <laughs> I'm like, why wouldn't I? It's like taking a, it's like going to Disney World and having a free pass for all the rides and not going on any. I just, you know, it's a rush. And I always felt like it could be over tomorrow. And fucking lo and behold, it was. So I'm glad I thought like that. But yeah, I used to be, I remember I used to tell the guys, like, why, why don't I just go out there now? Like, it's going to be awesome. Go out and warm up with the Canadians. <laughs> Even though it was my team, it, it still didn't feel like it felt so fucking surreal. But um, I don't even know what started that conversation, but not much of a conversation. It's me dictating. But uh, yeah, I fucking loved warming up. And uh, whenever I could, I did. And uh, it's going to sound real shallow. But if, if I saw maybe a girl that I was interested in, or if I couldn't strike up a conversation like over by the bench or something, I would write my, like sign a puck. And then I'd put my like name or number under it. There was no texting, but there was cell phones. And then I'd fire it up at said female, if you can believe that. <laughs> God, it sounds shallow and fucking superficial, doesn't it? But it was a good time. And, you know, I, I don't I don't actually re I remember once definitely it happening and working and went out. A girl's name was Heather. We had a great time. Went for a bite to eat at. Uh, what was the name of that place? DeSalvio. DeSalvio. Da Vinci's. Fuck Da Vinci's Montreal. I think it's still there. Anyway, uh, um, what else we got for you? Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, what am I looking forward to? I guess the World Juniors. I mean, I hope that goes. Really unfortunate we can't go to the Olympics. And by the way, before I go any further, um, I know I skipped over some stories there. Milwaukee Bucks is unbelievable. They won, like Milwaukee doesn't usually win major championships. So that's fucking awesome, by the way. I would get into that more if I had more time. I got to take off here pretty soon. And I figure I wasn't going to do one this week, guys, but I figured... Um, why not um, put some content out there? I mean, some of you like to listen. Uh, and I apologize again for no guest, but uh, again, I wasn't even going to do it. And uh, it felt like I was kind of bothering people. So I said, fuck it this week. You know, it is two days before Christmas here. So anyway, now where was I going with that? I can't remember the direction I was going to go in. Oh, yeah, with the Olympics. That's really fucking unfortunate. Uh, it's... And I know it's a first world problem because there are people dying of COVID, but you have to remember that, that that is happening. It's, that's sometimes, and if I seem ignorant, it, it's, it's maybe because that's lost on me a little bit now. Like, you know, you don't, you're not hearing as much about that side of it, right? You're just hearing people are getting it, but, you know, most people getting it have their vaccines. So the symptoms are more like the flu than anything. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry to be insensitive. That's the world as I know it right now. Uh, okay, so that being said, 
because of it, we're not going to the Olympics. But I think, you know, think of every unbelievable player other than Bobby Orr. And he was, you know, I hear stories, but I never actually, like any, any, any player that's been a great player in my lifetime, even like Lemieux missed a bunch, but he played 87. He played that 02, right? Um, Gretzky, Gretzky to Lemieux. I mean, fuck 87 Canada cup. And then Gretzky, of course, in 91. And even when they lost, right. It, everything's not winning, but in 98, when Gretzky didn't shoot, and I'm course was on that Shane Corson. I'm one of my guests, uh, I guess 40 episodes ago. Um, you know, course was on the bench. Now again, they didn't win, but it was an opportunity to do it. And you saw the best play with each other, you know, and, and it just, it seemed to add to their legacy. Who was it that won that shootout? I think it was Hasek and Czech Republic. Well, it certainly added to Hasek's legacy as one of, I mean, you could make an argument that he's the best goalie ever. I don't give a fuck what you say. People think I'm nuts when I say it now, but every night he was, it was crazy to watch that guy. It was crazy. He took Buffalo to the final on fucking smoke and mirrors. I don't give a shit what you say, but anyway, um, and really reflexive. He was small in the net, so he was bouncing all around. I mean, what a fucking goalie. But anyway, all those guys, man, even Crosby. I mean, I'd fucking love to see him play with McDavid, but you know, Crosby got the 2010 golden goal. They won it. I, and now we're in this funk. And whatever that was in 2016, people like that. I, I didn't... That, that The world all-star team, uh, it's hard for me to get behind that. And the young guns... I thought that was stupid. How can I build up a rivalry with the young guns playing Team Canada? Right? I want to see right. I want Canada play U.S. and I want to see, you know, who was it at the time? Kessler? No, I want to see Crosby versus Kessler. I want to see McDavid versus Kane. I want to watch, you know, but I want to watch them run each other. Watch you talk about Brandon Lemieux last week, was it? And Kachuk. Watch their dads go at the World Cup. USA, Canada. Donnie Brook, line brawls. I can't get behind even, I'm not saying I need to see fights, but when the young guns are playing, I know it's going to be like an all-star game, right? It's going to be a little bit more, but who's going to finish their hit? If I, if I see a fucking guy, I'm like Drew Doughty. Maybe he's next level, so maybe not him, but if I'm in Drew Doughty's position and I look and I see like Connor McDavid back then, five years ago, an 18-year-old fucking kid coming into the league, the next one or whatever, Am I going to line them up? I don't, I, I'm not. I don't know. Some people would, but judging by the games, no one really did yet. Yet. If I'm fucking, I see Seth Jones playing for us and I'm for Canada and he's coming around the net. I'll fucking run him. Right. I, I find with the addition of the young guns, it becomes less about like playoff hockey and more about all-star game material. I mean, yeah, it was nice to watch them. But uh, and maybe I'm an old man yelling at the co- at, at clouds, and that's very possible. And I'm not saying all of it's bad. It's not all bad. I mean, if there was, it's an intriguing game to watch. I just fucking like tough hockey, not quite to the level of torts. I I think Zegras' uh, assist was fucking deadly. Uh, of course, you know someone can still go at him. I mean, hockey's still physical. Um. I know what Torts was saying, but, you know, I got to be honest, 20 years ago when Mike Legg did that, he did it first at Michigan, ended up playing with Mike, but when he first did that, 
I remember the next day we all went out and tried it. I don't remember anybody being upset. Like, let's take his head off. We all had wood sticks, first of all. So you couldn't really, there wasn't as much movement. The stick was just so fucking heavy that, you know, you could kind of pick it up, but it wasn't as smooth. And there was, yeah, it, it was just, it was tough to have quick hands unless you had like a Sherwood Featherlight 5030. It was tough to have quick hands. And that's the truth. You might have good hands, but quick. And that was always a thing. You could always pick the puck up. I remember Jeremy Hart doing that all the time as kids, but it was harder with the wood stick and not as consistent because the wood splinters would start coming out of it, whatever. And then we had to play with that shit, but it wasn't as much in the cards. Now, that being said, it's still the fucking NHL. And Zig, I think I talked about this last week, so I apologize. But, you know, you can still fucking run them, right? Like if I was playing, I'm not saying if I played on Buffalo that I wouldn't run them after he did that. But I don't give a fuck what you say. It was a good play. <laughs> it, was, it was a fucking dynamite play. And uh, it's being copied now all over the world, as it should. Greensleeves, check it out. Downtown, Uptown, Wedgwood Cafe, Elizabeth Avenue Catering. Check them out. They're awesome. Penny Posh Designs. Uh, check it out. They got great hoodies. Great jackets, but great hoodies. And I will also throw in a book. If you want my book, go to flankerpress.com and order it. And if you want to add a note, uh, or you can send me a note that you ordered it from Flanker. My, my uh, email address is terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's where you'll get me for book-related stuff. And if you want uh, me to sign a book, if you ordered it, just let me know. Flanker Press is literally less than a kilometer from where I'm sitting right now. And I drop up there and uh, I see which ones are going out in the mail and sign them for you. So there you go. Uh, and that's for Tales with TR, Fights Feminine Folklore. For my original book, Tales of a First Round Nothing, uh, I do have some left. Actually, I can send one out to you uh, or go to ecw.com. It's easy enough to find both books, though. It's a Google search away. Uh, okay, so next week, we're probably going to have Kenny Reed. We're probably going to have Nasty Morasty. I can't guarantee who it's going to be. But um, I will have a guest. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year. And uh, I'll catch you on the rebound. This has been episode 83, Tales with TR. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, everybody. See you soon.